Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited for you to meet our guest today, Becca Piastrelli. I'm going to tell you all about her in one minute, but we are going to be talking about belonging. And Becca starts off our interview by talking about how we're living in a time of loneliness. And we did this interview actually before the pandemic even happened. It was part of the Art of 90 Days, which came out about a month into the pandemic. And I just was listening to it the other day and was thinking, wow, everyone really needs to hear this right now. This is super important. Um, and so I pulled it out and here it is. And just so you know, if you like this interview, if you like what you hear, the Art of 90 Days is composed of 30 plus interviews from different experts in different fields. And then what we did at Plan Simple is we took the topic and we helped craft a 90 day plan to reach that goal. So we on purpose got certain topics like how to declutter and how to be a better steward of the earth and how to be in better relationship with your spouse and how to be a better parent and all sorts of entrepreneurial things and how to get healthier with food and all sorts of things. Like the 30 plus experts all take on a different topic and then we break down how to get it. Now, I'm not telling you this because I want you to go grab it right now. I just want to tell you that this is where this came from and I think it's going to be our Black Friday special. So on Black Friday, I just want it to be as accessible to as many as possible. So if you like what you hear um, and you are on our mailing list, you will get a very special discount on Black Friday. So just know that that's coming. All right. Then the next thing I want to tell you is that I have something else that I do want you to go sign up for ASAP. So I don't know if you remember this from last year. If you're new, welcome. And you won't remember this. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about it now, but I'm pretty passionate about December. I'm just really passionate about the holiday season because not because <laughs> I want to go bake cookies and buy lots of presents and do all the things I used to think I was supposed to do, but because I find that if I can really slow down and get really purposeful in December and really tune into what matters most to me, then I'm just a better human and I can land in the next year, in this case, 2021, in a way that I never used to be able to land in the new year. And so it's become really important to me to make really meaningful Decembers, to really close out the year really well, well-intentioned, with ease, with grace, with joy. And I wish the same for every woman. So I've put together this event, which we held last year, called Make December Matter. And last year, it was a one-day event. And I mostly had speaking all the teachers and mentors who've made a huge impact in my own life around this time of year and just life in general come teach their piece of the puzzle. 
Um, I split the day in half last year. So the first half of the day was really around December. And the second half of the day was really around using December to propel yourself into the next year, which was 2020, this past year. And so this year, because we're in different circumstances, I decided to do it a little differently. So it's going to be two days. The first day will be all about December and also just um, closing out a real doozy of a year. And so there'll be four learning pieces, one about making a plan for your life in December, one about really making a holiday food plan, another about how to close out the year and a practice for that. And then because writing and journaling has been such an important part of my process and all this, we're going to do a piece on that. And then I'm lying. There's actually five teaching sessions because the last one is about self-care during the holidays. And then weaved into those, in between those, there's going to be mini classes about tools that will help you really have an amazing day when this is going down, but also that you'll be able to carry these tools into your December and January and February and beyond. And these are things like meditation and a walking practice and yoga and dancing and all these different modalities that we can carry with us and can really help ground us and just make us remember what it is that we want. So Not all those modalities happen on day one, actually. So there's three of them on day one, and a couple of those float into day two. And so on day two, we'll be doing those kinds of movements and meditation type things. And we will also be learning about how to make a plan for 2021. And so you'll get the the basis of that. And we will do some of that on that day. And you will also get strategies for how you can use the space that you create in December to really let yourself dream and plan later in the month as you head into the new year. So that's the whole scope of it. I hope that it's super relaxing, super nourishing, that it's a break, that it's a chance to really gather in community with other women who want to just be simple at this crazy time of year and in this crazy world that we're living in and really tune into what matters most to them and really show up in a world, in this world, in a way that's going to make an impact, even if that impact is just in your house. Like this doesn't have to be a huge impact. Even if we can just show up grounded in our own households, it makes such a big difference. It really does ripple out into our community and out into the world. So if this speaks to you, go check it out. You can go to makedecembermatter.com. The event is going to be happening on Friday and Saturday, November 13th and 14th, but go grab your free seat now. It's going to be free for that weekend, um, and then it will cost something, but I want as many people as possible to be able to join live and for free. And then... Um, you'll have it in your calendar and you'll be able to really be prepared because I know it's hard right now to take any time off. And it also gives me time to communicate with you and help you to do that. And one of the other aspects of it is that we are going to create meal plans for you so that you can learn how to prep some food in advance, which will serve you well in all areas of your life um, and eat really clean on the day that we're the day, two days that we're meeting and moving. Um, so you really have a true retreat experience. All right. Go grab your ticket at Make December Matter. Again, it's free, but you do have to commit your time, which I know is valuable. All right, 
So that's that. And I will be talking quite a bit about that in the next few weeks. All right. Our guest today, Becca Piastrelli. She's a writer, a land steward, a woman's coach, an ancestral folk medicine keeper. She's a storyteller, a deep fertile listener, and a gatherer of community. I happen to know that in the past couple of weeks, she is now a mom. I think when we did this interview, she was pregnant. And she's dedicated to supporting all women and experiencing a deep sense of belonging through connecting with the cycles of nature, their ancestral wisdom, working with their hands, and being in meaningful sisterhood, which, make December matter, will be some meaningful sisterhood. She's seen it, this all these four things, set women free time and time again, going on to start circles in their towns, quit their toxic jobs, and shift the dynamics in their relationships. And Becca was such a joy to talk to. We did have a number of glitches in our technology, but I think we've edited most of those out. So I'm hoping it doesn't get in the way of this podcast, but I'm super excited for us all to learn from her, especially in this time when even if we're stuck in a house with a whole family, it can feel isolating and a little bit lonely right now. And hopefully this will give you some ideas for how to combat that. All right, with no further ado, let's get Becca on the show. What is on the other side of making the time and space to really feel into what it's like to belong to our community, our earth, people, whatever it happens to be that we're really needing to connect? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so belonging is a value of mine that uh, I find that if I don't bring attention and intention to it in my life, it sort of like smacks me in the face and it may come in like the a form that doesn't, maybe the belonging isn't the word it comes to like you're missing connection with other people. Uh, you feel like you just need to go outside. You miss the sun. Um, you feel like you are alone in your family dynamic, whatever it could be. And so a few years ago, environmental activist George Monbiot um, said that we live in the age of loneliness. And when I heard that, it like all clicked in my head because I'm like a really ambitious person. I'm an entrepreneur. I got a lot of projects I like to do. Um, I'm about to be a mama. There's just like, I'm an extrovert. I'm not like sitting at home doing nothing. I'm out there in the world. And yet I feel a sense of loneliness that feels like deep in my life. And I used to like try to fill that sort of hole by doing more and even like being around more people, like doing, doing, doing. And yet I was like still feeling this sense of loneliness. It's still a companion of mine. It's like a little indicator, like do, 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 do. what are you doing in your life, Becca? What rituals, what habits, what are you doing? Like is what you're doing actually in alignment with how you want to feel and what kind of a life you want to live because we live in this culture that's very productivity and hustle obsessed we have to ask ourselves like what is it we're working so hard towards not just in our work but in our families with our the friends the people we choose to hang out with like are we feeling that deep sense of comfort of home of belonging Belonging is like a big word and it's all encompassing. And so the four areas of belonging that have really benefited me have been belonging to the wild, to the natural world. I live in suburbia. So it's not like I grew up like 
with a grandmother teaching me the wild plants and to make the medicines and how to garden. I've had to teach myself that stuff. Um, belonging in community. Um, I'm a former sorority girl. I used to be like super, super bitchy. I didn't know how to really be in relationship with women in particular in a way that felt nourishing. And I really had to reprogram, repattern. How can we have meaningful friendships and work relationships? How can we um, be positive and uplifting towards each other? Turns out that's like a muscle you've got to build. build. Uh, belonging to yourself, like in your body, loving yourself. I know self-love is like this big whole hashtag right now, but like loving the parts of you that are so emotionally tender, loving the parts of you that feel unworthy, loving the parts of you that have had trauma, loving the parts of you that don't feel good enough, loving the parts of you that are competitive, loving the parts of you that don't feel like a good enough parent, you know, like loving your body just the way it is for whatever it's done to keep you alive or create new life. Big one, right? To feel belonging in yourself. And then uh, belonging to who and what you've come from. So is, for me, I talk a lot about belonging to your ancestors. Uh, and that can be a really complicated topic too, if you were adopted or if you have like an unhealthy relationship with your family. Um, but I'm not just talking about like, your grandmother and your great-grandmother. I'm talking about like the original lands your people come from. So many of us live today on stolen land, on colonized land, land that isn't, wasn't ours to begin with. We are just guests. And so how can we work with that? This is all bubbling under the surface. And I found that looking at all of these areas and making practices, rituals, intentions, bringing into my life, into the way I work, into the way I interact, that has helped calm my nervous system. So I'm not doing so much to try to fill the hole. It's like doing a lot and eating, emotional eating. Those are the two areas where I just found like, oh, the more I do it, the worse I feel. So then it's not working. So this concept that. of belonging is, um, it's just like a North star for me. And it's a constant journey. I love that. And here in the plan simple world, I actually start like the flow planner starts with the question of how do you want to feel this season? Because I think that we forget that we need to start from a point like that. And it's funny because I haven't heard the word belonging come up so much and now I bet it will. Um, but I, I love that word just because it encompasses so many different aspects of our life. Um, and the thing that I love about that as well is the space because one of the reasons I got into doing this is I, I was at a point where I was like filling the calendar with like all the things and I wasn't feeling like I wasn't feeling any space. And so after that, I started planning for the space, like just as much as I was planning for like the hustle and like all the kids stuff and all the things. And it made such a difference in me paying attention to like what I needed. So I love that. All right. So let's say that we're like totally into this and that just sounds amazing. Like, will you talk us through a little bit? Where, where do we start? Yeah. Well, you start where you feel the most pain, I think is, is, or, or the most longing, maybe. Pain maybe Ooh, I like that word, word longing. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think for a lot of us in this day, it's probably community or it's yourself, mm -hmm. you know, so loving and accepting yourself and or feeling like you can feel safe being your messy, raw, 
um, self with, with the people that you hang out with, whether that's like fellow entrepreneurs or if it's fellow moms or if it's your neighborhood community or your spiritual community, or maybe there's like a little bit of each because a lot of us sort of have our different pockets. Like, I think the place to start is with curiosity around your longing in, instead of perhaps what we all do, which is judging it and saying we're doing a bad job. I'm yeah. a bad girl. I've done a bad job and that's why I don't feel good. And so I'm just gonna like isolate myself and try to figure it out on my own. Like, I think a lot of it is reaching out and being curious and being honest, being honest, because the thing is, is what I, in my work with my clients, like we're all suffering from this. We're all feeling this longing, this craving to feel a deeper sense of belonging. And we all are in this hustle culture, you know, we all live in this culture where we think we have to do more in order to be more. Yeah. So I would start with your longing and your curiosity and I would talk about it. So I love the word curiosity. That's like one of my favorite words because I think that that feels so much better with some of these topics that I think feel harder to like move forward in every day, right? Because it's it takes some, as you said earlier, it's like muscle. It's like building muscle. So when you're like, have none of those muscles, I think the beginning can be uncomfortable and a little bit hard. Would you agree with that? Oh, it's always uncomfortable yeah. and hard. I think we've got to get used to feeling uncomfortable because that's where we grow. Yeah. You know, and what can get in the way of that is perfectionism, right. is a discomfort with being, um, with stumbling, with feeling bad at something, with failing, with needing help. And actually that's the first step to understanding belonging is that we can reach out and we can share where we're struggling and that we're uncomfortable and that creates more connection with each other. Mm, I love that. Okay. So we're going to reach out to people, which sounds horrifying to me, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, And then like, will you explain some of like, so in all these different aspects of belonging, do you feel like there's some like habits, rituals that are building these muscles that sort of are are similar across the different, I mean, obviously if you're going to go figure out your ancestors, you have to like do some research and stuff, but, or learn to garden, you have to learn to garden, but are there some some habits or rituals that are part of creating the space to really, I don't know, that you were explaining when, when, when you couldn't access, you were, you were realizing that you were missing them. I think the number one thing is creating the space. Okay. Cause a lot of it is realizing we're operating like machines. We're operating like we just can fit more and more in and that we can keep up with the pace and part of the work of belonging is remembering like we are human beings. We are part of nature. We live in a fast paced world, but like we are like ancient ancestral beings who actually operate at the pace of nature seasonal, you know, like spring is for more doing summer is for more enjoying fall is for harvesting good work and winter is for resting. You know, that's something that just that just, aligning more with the seasons and maybe you are more productive in the winter but tuning into how you feel slowing down and then I love what you're saying about planning for the space just as much as you plan for the doing like I have gone through like a total total transformation um where I had to I had a doctor tell me I had to reduce my workload by 50 percent 
Mm. And I was like, that's impossible. That's impossible. She was like, you have no choice. (laughs) So I had a panic attack. And then I did this like painful and yet profound practice of looking at everything I do in a week and having to cut 50% of it and have to really think like, what is it? I, what is like the most important thing for me and not just making it work? What's the most important thing for my body? What's the most important thing for my family? What's the most important thing for my business? You know, what's the most important thing for, for my connection with community, spiritual growth? And so I'm sort of on the other side of that. And I realized that was the most profound ritual, I would say, because that feels better than task ritual that I did that just shifted everything because I do way less, way less than I used to. And I'm still making the same amount of money and I'm taking way better care of myself and I'm sleeping more, you know, and of course there's privilege involved in this, which I really want to acknowledge. There's definite privilege I have um, financially with the color of my skin, with where I live. Um, and not everyone can do that, but I do believe everyone can do it in the way they can, you know, to really ask yourself and it can be really hard. It can be really hard to look at the things we've committed to or said we're going to do and, and pivot and reroute ourselves. But it actually, when you think about productivity, it's like, I'm actually more productive on all my values, all my values that I do. And so I don't hang out with a hundred people. I hang out with like 10 really amazing, juicy people that feed me, that feed me in that way. I don't do like 20 tasks in a quarter. I do three, you know, I don't do 20 tasks in a day. I do three to five and I make sure those tasks aren't just work oriented, you know, and I'm just sort of sensing that we're all sort of like feeling that magnetic pull of like, but you have to do work, work's the most important thing. Or if you're a mother, like, just got to do all the things with the kids, all the things with the kids. But I really do believe it's doing a service in this world. Remember, we live in the age of loneliness to opt out of a system that's not serving us and just do it a little differently. It's permission giving to everyone else. I love that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so for everyone who's here, who I do feel like we both have sharpened the muscle. So everything you're saying is just like so amazing to me. And I'm like, oh my God, she's selling the planner. It has all those parts in it. So good. And then I get a lot the comments of, but what do I do? Like, what do I do when I create space? Like I get this a lot. Like it it seems to make us very nervous as we're transitioning from that mode of like all the things to like getting quiet. And I don't, I'm hoping you have a better answer than I do because I have, always sort of come up short. And it's funny because I'm, I always actually blame it on the fact that I'm an introvert because I actually love quiet. Like it's like my favorite thing ever. So I, I feel like I'm so excited to have a extrovert who also really cherishes now the, the quieter moments. I remember I had this practice of closing my laptop at 4 PM every day because I used to have this like really nasty habit of just like working into the night and not actually having a completion to my day so that I would go to bed feeling like a failure and exhausted and a little sick, you know, and just like not, and I realized it was important that I really needed, um, I was really good at beginning my day, but having some sort of completion, ritual, action, bookend felt really good. And so I was in a mastermind and they said, at 4 p.m. every day, you're just going to close your laptop and whatever you want to do is what you want to do. 
and my my little brain was like I'm gonna go on walks and I'm gonna paint and I'm gonna learn a language but I I remember the first couple weeks I closed the laptop and I'd like wander around the house and be like I, <laughs> and I'd reach for my phone which was cheating you know like I I didn't know and so we were talking about discomfort like I think you have to be willing to have that space and not know what to do with yourself that's a part of it yeah I think or, that's or so important feel, yeah or or you feel like guilty for having it or shame because you don't know I I tell people like what would your inner child do like go play that's gonna feed you and then I've had people be like I don't even know what play means like, yeah yeah right that's a part of it yeah, <laughs> that's a part of it. yeah. But if you stay with it you'll find your way through you won't be stuck yeah. And it's interesting because I'm trained as a, a designer. Like that was my career up until I pivoted into this new realm. And um, whenever you're designing something like and the artistic process, it's like it, it, you, you bump into that every time you're making something new that you have to go through this part that's like so hard before you actually make the thing. And so I think that that is, I think that's the part that's really built. That's the muscle I guess I've sharpened over time. Cause I don't think I've always been like that, but it's really interesting how hard it can be. And I wonder if that's part of why the real belongings on the other side, because all this like, like hypothetical belonging, you know, like all these phones and yeah. stuff, like it's so like given, you don't even understand what it means. Like it's not even connecting. Yeah. Um, my friend Stephanie Berg calls it counterfeit connections and it's, you know, phones and technology is engineered to give you that dopamine release. So you think you're getting something out of it. Cause in the moment it feels like candy. It's just like, yes. but we're talking about deep, sustainable, lasting sense of, of calm sense of joy of contentment, which I know we're all seeking. <laughs> I know we're all seeking. Um, you have to be willing. I love that. That's a part of the design process. You have to be willing to sit with the messy middle yeah. And nature shows us this all the time. Look at the transition from winter to spring. It's like <laughs> weird. It's <laughs> muddy and strange. And then it snows and then it doesn't. And then flowers die and then they come again. And it's, and then all of a sudden it's spring. You have to like, you have to stay with it and resist the urge to feel that counterfeit connection or have a little. I mean, we all do it. Give yourself a little, but also bring that curiosity or that uh, like observing of yourself and be like, Hmm. Well, I just spent an hour scrolling on Instagram and ultimately I don't feel better. I feel, oh, I'm feeling like I'm comparing myself like really intensely. Like, all right, note to self as you're in this process of giving yourself more space. I love that. And like when you just mentioned all those things, like I would, all the things you were going to do when you closed your computer, like you were going to do art and you were going to go on a walk. And I feel like those are some of the things that I find people trying to like put in when they're trying to de-stress, like, right. So when the goal is to sort of end overwhelm and not be caught, caught up so much with um, motherhood and work, which is how a lot of people end up in this community. I find that those are the types of ta like things that get added in and, and they end up just being more like they end up just being more doing. And it's interesting because we're even having talks today where um where people are talking us through things like the meditation behind painting and all the and all these different modalities but i feel like this is one of the first steps 
to being able to, for that not to be just another thing on your to-do list because none of that can work if it's just an, another item on your to-do list. So I love the way that you said that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is so real and so true as someone who's really, I'll use the word suffer, I suffered through that. Like, why did, why do I still not feel better? Why do I feel guilty or ashamed that I didn't choose to do the art project because I actually just want to nap? Like what's there? And so, okay. I read this amazing book. It's called It's About Time. It's by Leslie Keenan. The cover of it is like a shell, a seashell. There's many books named that, so I just say that. And um, she she ta- she walks you through basically how to recover your relationship with time. And I realized um, I'm classified as a time binger. It's funny because I'm also a food binger. It's interesting. <laughs> I try to put as much things into a time block it's unrealistic. And so every day I feel like I've failed (laughs) because I'm putting, I'm just not realistic with how much time something takes. And then I don't give myself buffer time, all this stuff. I'm sure you're very familiar with this. Um, And she suggested for time bingers, and I would say this for everyone, to give yourself blocks of time. Because if you need to schedule it, I get it. I schedule self, I schedule myself too, because my calendar, I need my calendar. It's so important, right? I need my planner. Uh, as I schedule an unstructured time, as in there are no plans and I can do whatever I want. I can call a friend. I just can't plan it at a time. I can, I can go on a walk. I can paint. I can do whatever I want. I can meditate. I can take a nap, but it's unstructured time. And that is what's healing to that part of your brain. That's like, I want to do all these things. So I'll put it on the list. But now those to-dos, they've become, they've become to-dos and it feels oppressive as opposed to unstructured time feels like a treat. What can I do with it? And maybe the first five blocks of unstructured time you go through, you're like, uh, I don't know what to do. But eventually it serves you in these deep ways. It expands your brain so you don't have tunnel vision. I love that. And I think that's so important. And <laughs> just now that you're like reflecting that, it's funny because one of the ways that I've really simplified home and parenting, which is what I end up talking a lot about, has been that, but not like, but for my kids. So like, I'm, I'm like the queen of drawing the line at like 3.30 or whenever the kids come home until six, like, I don't want to plan a ton of things. And this has changed a little bit over time as my kids are getting older and like, elect to do things themselves. But when they were little, like I just tried to keep that time like unstructured like that. And it's amazing how you don't, you, you don't really, you think you need to fill time because you think it'll be easier for you, but at some point it actually becomes harder for you, which you don't really realize because it's, you know, it seems like it would be easier to go to this place, but it actually ends up being harder. So I love that. And I'm motivated to add in myself again, because I realize a lot of the unstructured time I add into our life has to do with us as a family and not me. Although I'm pretty good at the morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think, right. To catch the ways you might be like sneakily putting yourself at the bottom of the list. I get it. Yeah. yeah. And to just bring in like, what do I want to do really right now for me and give it to yourself. It liberates everyone in your family. Yeah. When you do that. I love that. All right. So do you have anything else to share about this idea? I mean, I love all of this. And so I feel like this gives us such a good structure to start just creating space um, and understand that that might be more the way 
to what we want than all the doing. And I feel like your story just in itself is so inspiring around that. Um, but have I missed a question that feels like people should know? Uh, yeah, there's one thing that's coming through, which is to say, like, it's okay in the times you give yourself space to, like, do nothing. Because that in and itself is healing. You know, so many of us have ancestors who, like, worked, like, in the fields or um, worked in factories. And so there was a lot more urgency to roofs over their heads and food on their plates to how much they got done in a certain amount of time, bless them, you know? And um, that's most, that's for most of us, not the case. And so a lot of us have this sort of pattern, learned pattern in our DNA, which they've, which uh, they, the scientific community has proven through epigenetics that these Sort of patterns, these traumas, these stories are passed through our DNA um, that we are unworthy of love, success, money, joy if we aren't constantly doing uh, whatever it is. You know, maybe it's about being a good mom, or maybe it's about being like a productive worker, or whatever it is. And so I'm understanding in deeper, deeper ways that like you are still a worthy human and it is still productive to your growth to your health if you just want to like stare out your window at the trees and fall or if you just want to like lay down and just let your mind wander like so many of us are on the verge of burnout and don't even want to admit it uh, because that restores us in deep ways it brings more creative cycles it brings more presence more focus you know I can give you all the science to try to like get your western brain on board but I can also feel your soul here being like that's all I want that's all I want and so um, again I'm talking to you as someone like from her office someone who like has a lot of ideas is building her family like is a doer and the most a uh, profound thing that has happened to me is to, uh, alongside the tasks I want to accomplish, is to equally weigh the the um, the blank space, because I've seen it fulfill me in the deepest of ways. Well, I love that, and I think that's so important because throughout this event, we hear people refer to just tap into your intuition. And yeah. I think that's the only way you can hear it. Like, right? Like that little voice, like we're just going too fast. Sometimes people are like, what are you talking about? That's just like your superpower. I don't have that. And everybody has that. It's just, yeah. we're not quiet enough to hear it. And then that helps us understand what, what it is we even need to do and what maybe seems like less time, which is, I'm sure why your business was just as successful with less time. Oh, that was like kind of an identity like collapser in the best possible way where I was like, oh, I can do way less and still be on target to who I want to be and what I want to create. Oh my God. That's amazing. So yeah. there is a link below that people can go download and connect with you. Can you explain what that is? Yeah. I actually offered for people who are curious about what this belonging is, maybe parts of it are resonating with them or all of it's resonating with them. I have this free video series. It's called Gather Around the Hearth. And so every couple of days, I send you a video and I'm sitting in front of my fireplace at home and I'm just sharing with you 
practices and rituals and tips for feeling a deeper connection to yourself. Um, and I even share a little bit of my community with you, how I gather with all of them. And it's a way to just maybe spend your unstructured time or an evening at home with a cup of tea. Just join me as I take you deeper into my world. I have a feeling you have some good rituals up your sleeve. So I recommend that one. All right. Well, thank you so much. This was amazing. Thank you so much, Mia. At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes because I really do believe that action is where real change happens. But I believe that action does not have to be huge, that it really can feel doable and that the little things add up over time. And sometimes when we lean into one little piece and really experience how it fits into our life, how we can fit it into our busy days and really make it ours, then we can keep it there and we can sustain it in a way that we can't if we try to put all these changes in our lives at once. All right, so here are three doable changes from this episode. And again, I always share three, but my intention is that you choose one and really lean into it for a week. So number one is set up a closing ritual. It is so easy in our ever-connected world to work all the time. I feel like COVID has made this even more true. So create a ritual for yourself to close the day. It could be as simple as closing your laptop or closing out all your tabs. And if you work from home, which I know many of us do now, it could just be stepping outside and then coming back into your home. So set up a closing ritual that works for you. All right, number two, honor what you really want to do. So sometimes we go against what we really want in the name of self-care or self-interest. Maybe you love to paint or to read or to set up time to see friends. But when the time comes, you really just want to sit or nap, but you can't listen to that because you feel obligated. So try doing the thing that you really want to do. Try calling the friend or putting down the paints and taking the nap. Try doing it even if you feel guilty or like you should be doing something else. Remember, this is only an experiment. And what happens if you really lean into this idea every day for a week? How does that start to change how you interact with honoring what it is that you really want? All right, number three, plan for space. This is a big one in the flow planning method. We all need downtime. We all need unstructured time, time to be still or do just the thing that's really moving us in that moment. So block off space in your planner or your calendar for this kind of time. I don't know, make it a color so that when you see that color, you're like, oh, it's unstructured time. Or you could write me time or space or top priority if that helps you. For a long time, I was always joking because I used to always call it white space, but it's hard to like create white space in a calendar. So I started using a gold pen and started calling it gold space. If it helps, write dream or rest or let that space just be so that it can really be open-ended when you get there. And 
Don't fill it with overflow from your day. That's the game. That's the thing to really lean into is how do you not let the things that you haven't gotten done in other parts of your day take up that space because it's supposed to be really unstructured, really about what you need in that moment, not about anything that's on a list, not about anything that you have to check off, but really what you're needing in that moment. And again, this doesn't have to be eight hours stretched. You can start off with 20 minutes in the afternoon. Like, what is it like if for 20 minutes I am to decide right now what it is that I really want? And then you can go from there. All right, these three doable changes are super exciting. So I hope you choose one and lean into it. And if you love them all, then just spread them out over the course of the next couple of weeks. If you have loved what you've heard here or even liked it, consider heading on over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and review. I can't explain why, but somehow this helps more people find us. And that really is my goal to reach as many women as this content would be super useful. So thanks in advance for taking the time to do that. And I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliments you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast.